Two Bucks and a Nut is brought to you by Byers Auto. Come see why it's better to buy at Byers. Byersauto.com. It's Two Bucks and a Nut with our two Buckeyes, original silver bullet Matt Vincus and Captain Zach Boren. And you know the nut, Torg. All right, let's go on this Tuesday, the 8th. And George, we talked about this last tailbone, uh, the last uh, podcast. You broke your tailbone. So how's your ass? <laughs> it's getting better. It's just uh, something like that. It's like a rib or a toe. It just takes time. It, uh, you know, it's, I wish it was a, a better story than a slutting accident, but uh, that's what happens with my daughter. And, and uh, I broke my butt. So yeah. What are you going to do? Broke your ass. Yep. Uh, hey, how, how was the Buckeye Cruise for cancer? Like a cruise was great. The uh, 3.8 million, I think, was the last number I saw that, that was raised in, in four and a half, five days. Um, weather was awesome. Two private islands. And, and uh, it was it was a good experience. Um, athletes were all awesome. I think they all had a good time. Everyone, uh, you know, there's been a lot of rumors that the cruise is going to change pretty heavily next year. Um, it's going to be on a smaller boat from what, I, what I'm being told. Oh, okay, so they are going to do it. So, I, yeah, I think uh, they're, they're, they're trying to figure out the logistics of it now, but uh, I think it's going to be a much more exclusive kind of private boat. Um, you know, after this is the 15th year, I think. Uh, well, COVID kind of Yeah, COVID put a damper on it. We did the land cruise last year, which I thought was a great success. It, it was a nice change up. But uh, after 15 years, I think you got to try something different. And, and uh, so they're going to see what happens. And, and uh, you know, in a, in a pandemic COVID still world, I think uh, it's harder and harder to hold a huge event like that. So, uh, so they're looking to see what maybe they can change up and what they can do different, and, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, that, my my gut tells me they're going to do something. It's, it might be uh, just very different, though. I gotcha. Um, who was you know because Urban you know first you had Spielman involved, then Urban. Who's the face of the cruise now? Is it you? Because <laughs> I know you right. You you give a lot um, for it. Uh, usually, uh, no, it's definitely not me. <laughs> I, I'm usually uh, at the 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 vortex party lounge um so the uh I, I i have to do stuff on the first night and the last night so everywhere in between i'm kind of uh trying to hide as lo- low-key as possible but um, um there's quite a few people i mean really um you know anthony schlegel and bobby carpenter and aj hawk they're they're staples um they do a lot of the shows together and then you've got some younger guys you know like uh jt barrett has been the last couple of years and, and uh, he's a huge fan favorite he does a great job um, it's Joshua Perry. I mean, Titus Powell. I mean, um, Zeke has been the last two or three years, three years, I think. And, and, uh, so, I mean, there's, there's quite a few that have been kind of, kind of been the staples that, uh, do a great job. And, and, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. They do different events and, and, uh, but there's, there's some rotating athletes, but the, the kind of the core group of guys, um, you got, you know, there's, there's a bunch like Jake Ballard and, and, uh, Zach Boren, the Born, and actually the Born brothers. Oh, all, all the Born brothers, huh? All three nice. of them are there, and, and they all do different things. And and uh, it's well, they all drink. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, so Zach is usually heavily involved in the uh, Coors Light tasting, which is yes. the beer chugging contest, um, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. And, and uh, but it's it's good. And Mister Born, he, he's there too. The whole family. Oh, Mike's there too, huh? Yep. So nice. uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's you know, it's it's cool for those guys because. It's kind of a reunion thing for them. They get to see each other and hang out and and uh, and, and spend some time together. That uh, is a lot. It's really neat for them to be able to do that, and, and for a great cause. All right, what do you got going on? And we'll get into it just in a little bit here. Waiting to Finkus uh, reboot and Zach to jump on. What do you got going at Buyers Auto? Right now, it's kind of status quo. You know, we're we're delivering cars. We're selling as many as we can. It's a slow roll, but uh, but you're at this point, you can 
order a car and pretty much get exactly what you want. Uh, may, maybe wait a little bit longer, but um, you know, your customer care is more important than ever. So we're going to treat you like family and, uh, and we're going to get you exactly what you want. All right. Hey, let's start off breaking uh, right before the podcast started. Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay. The reports from Ian Rappaport are $200 million over four years, $153 million of it's guaranteed. I don't know how it's going to lower the cap number for the Packers this year. They were about $27 million coming in. I'm sure I, I can guarantee you part of the deal is that they tag Devontae Adams, so that's another $20 million. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe Zadara Smith and Preston Smith get released, and that's big for their pass rush. Let's just assume those two guys are are gone. Maybe they restructure someone else. Uh, they probably will have to. Maybe Randall Cobb's gone. That saves them $7 million. But really, guys, you know, I don't know if this is kind of my opinion. If they think that they can just come back with the same team, basically, minus a few pieces, and compete, and they were the number one seed last year. I was for a full, hey, let's rebuild this, let's trade Aaron Rodgers, get three number threes, get some number twos and start over because eventually we're going to have to. There's, You're not going to get better value for Aaron Rodgers than you are right now. They obviously feel they can compete, good for them because they can. They're probably in one of the worst divisions in football, but really you've seen it with the Saints of kicking the can down the road with these contracts and eventually it's going to burn you. Uh, I don't know how long this contract's going to work for them until they're going to have to make difficult decisions and then swallow it. But your guys' thoughts, Matt, we'll start with you, Aaron Rodgers, back in Green Bay for a humongous sum. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on how they've loaded this thing and how it all is structured. Uh, um, You've got to assume it's just severely, severely backloaded. And then, you know, in year three or four, they can either release him and pay him or, or, or however it works. Um, but you've got to think that they've they've tried to alleviate a little bit of cap space with the with the way that they've structured this because if not, like why are you doing it? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you can't just bring him back and then no one else on the team because I mean he's going to have to know you know what's happening with it as well. I mean, he's not a dumb person or his agent, so he he knows that you know if this contract is him getting forty million dollars next year uh, and counts you know twenty seven against the cap that they have no moves to make. So. Um, you know, this is obviously has to be a restructuring thing for them. If they can bring back Devontae Adams, like you said, with the tag. Um, I mean, they're right there. They're always right that they know and they saw with Jordan Love that they weren't going to be right there. And, you know, in this in this environment, that with the way things are, you've got to be able to take the shots when you take them. Um, right now, they still have the pieces to compete. And they feel that they're close. And so you've got to try to, to, to make that run because you. here's the thing that the Packers do know for sure. When Aaron Rodgers leaves, they're going to be trash. They're going to be bad. Yeah. So you got to hang on to them for as long as humanly possible to try to make a run whenever you can. Um, because once he leaves, the cupboard's bare. I mean, Jordan Love is not good. Uh, he's not going to be good. And, and you're going to have to rebuild. Yeah, and I don't even know, George, what the final number is going to be, but his cap number is 46. Let's say it goes significantly down, and let's say it's $25 million, and you're pushing everything. You know, doing the math on 153 guaranteed, and I'm just doing this like on a piece of paper, and remember, I only did general, general math. But, but you, you know, you're talking about, what are we talking here, guys, for four years and $153 million, I mean, you're talking, uh, what, 
almost. I mean, it's two hundred million contract, so it's basically fifty million dollars a year. Yeah, but but the guaranteed cap number. Guaranteed thirty-seven. Yeah, so you're dealing with thirty-seven directly on your cap, and let's and obviously the number this year is going to be low. So you're talking about years two or three or four with probably over a fifty. We're talking probably about a fifty-five million dollar cap charge next year, the year after, and the year after, and we've seen. All right, two years ago, the number went low because of COVID. This year, it's not like your cap space jumped way up. You know, I think it went back to where it was before. I think it went up. So I, I think they may assume that the cap is going to go way up where they can they can do this and the cap is going to cover this number. But it's good for them this year. But I think down the road, just like kind of that Drew Brees contract where they kept redoing it, redoing it, and doing it, is it just going to be the Aaron Rodgers show? And then you're going to put Aaron Rodgers out there. They they almost have to draft a, a wide receiver this year because they can they can tag Devontae Adams this year, but they're going to have to draft some weapons this year for Aaron Rodgers. So they they have cheap options moving forward. It, what really scares me is is that year three and four. I'm surprised that they did a four year contract. I, I thought they would try to go for like a two year type of thing, and that like like Matt was saying that, that that year three and four. What do you do? I mean, if things aren't working out, or if you have to cut enough people that that the team is not going to be good, and then you it's you put yourself in a really bad position, but, uh, and, and I mean, Packers, what is their, their draft position? What wide receiver is going to be left at that point that, uh, I mean, I, all the, the top guys, Jamison and Lave and, and, and Wilson, I mean, they, they'll all be gone. So it's, you're, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. I, I get it. It's Aaron Rodgers and good for him. I, I really think, I mean, if it's, him, if I was him, I mean, he deserves it. And if you can get it, take it. But, uh, yeah. so I, I my hat's off to him, but if I was a the Packers fan, I'd be really nervous about what happens in, in uh, years three and four when when all that really comes due. I would never tell a guy, um, you know, I would never be a hater on what someone earns per year. I think you get yeah, good whatever for him. you earn. And good, good for him. Uh, and two, the teams in the offseason, I think the Bears and the Vikings did the Packers a big favor where the, the Bears and the Packers looked at or uh, the Packers looked at the offseason and they the Bears and the Vikings really could have did something in the offseason. They could have hired a great a big general manager and a big coach where the Packers looked at it and said, wow, these teams are making moves. Instead, the Bears uh you know handled uh hired a guy from Kansas City, the number three guy in Kansas City, and then they hired a coach you've never heard of, the, the Colts defensive coordinator. Then the Vikings went moneyball GM. And then they went, coach, that looks like my waiter at Applebee's. So the Packers know coming into this year, Dan Campbell, they're stuck with Jared Goff one more year. Lions will be trashed. They're winning six games. Vikings will go in reverse. They'll have a talented offense, but they'll win six games. And the Bears will win six games. So the Packers know coming into this season, listen, we are with three teams. Two didn't had a chance to improve themselves. They didn't. Uh, Bears and Vikings probably going on the down end. Lions probably going a little up, but the Packers know as long as they have Aaron Rodgers, this division's easy, and they're going to have a uh, inferior matchup in the first round of the playoffs. They could have a, they could have a first round buy again. They could they could win the you know the NFC just by default because everyone in their def- on, in their division's giving them six wins. They, they should win their division easily for the next four or five years. Yeah, because once the Bears and, and Vikings figure out that they fucked up in the offseason and hired the wrong people, they're going to have to recover and then hire the right people, and it'll take them another two or three years to dig out. 
So yep. the Vikings and the Bears are going to be in a before they realize Vikings realize ah oh, the Browns went one and thirty one doing money ball money ball doesn't work so we got to fire this guy and hire a football guy that's three four years down the road and then they got to hire the right guy after that so the Packers know that they absolutely own this division for the next half dozen years. Yeah, I mean, you got a gift right now with, with what you've got going on in the NFC North because none of the other three teams are really even – I mean, I'd say the Vikings have a, a 50-50 chance of making the play, playoffs at best. Yeah. Probably a 30% chance considering what's going on in the uh, in the NFC West. Um, because, I mean, I think Arizona is not going to get better. Um, they're old. They, they spent the money. They're going to probably get worse. So, I mean – are they a playoff team this near this next year? Maybe not. Uh, I mean, the Rams are San Francisco. I think that, you know, I think what's really interesting happened in San Francisco is I think Jimmy G stayed. I think that, that they know that they, they messed up with Trey Lance. He is bad. I mean, and, and I think that, yeah, I mean, what a horrible pick. I mean, and it's not like the old days where these teams would, would stick with a first rounder for five or six years just because, you know, they, they picked him in the first round. The, you know, the, the way the rookie contracts are structured now, they can just say, ah, eh, not working out. Bail on him. Jimmy G, you get healthy and then, you know, get us through the, and back in the playoffs. I mean, you know, they're, they're right in this, this uh, NFC championship game. They're three, four plays away from going to the Super Bowl. So you've got them, um, you know, are the Seahawks. You know, man, hold on real quick. I, I, I agree with you on that because I would keep Jimmy G. I talked to a guy from KNBR before our last podcast who covers the team who told me they're absolutely going to trade Jimmy G, that they're absolutely going to do it. They're going to get the cap space. Someone else is going to take them. Uh, they're going to they'll probably bring in a veteran. Uh, you know, think about a veteran who's available. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I'm not he didn't throw that name out, but someone like that. But he said they're absolutely definitely moving on from Jimmy G. I think that's a big mistake uh, if you do it. Um, I don't like the move, but he claims that they've kind of already told Garoppolo his representation that, you know, that was before the shoulder surgery, though. So, I mean, how appealing is he to another team with a shoulder issue? I don't know. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you're looking at a guy who's probably not going to be, you know, all the way back until midseason. So, I mean, and at that point, you've missed – I mean, Jimmy G, for all intents and purposes – can't go into a new team next year and be productive. He can be he could be productive in San Francisco where he knows the offense, knows the players, knows the terminology, knows the system. You know, there he can be productive. So with this surgery, his only value next season is in San Francisco. So for San Francisco to try to deal him now, I mean, he's damaged goods for everyone else in the league. They're not going to get anything for him. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And another thing that's breaking right now, Carolina Panthers say they'll listen to offers for Christian McCaffrey and take a first-round pick. Guys, no one's going to give a first-round pick for Christian McCaffrey. He hasn't played in two years. He plays four games a year. Yeah, no way it's going to happen. Look at that contract. I think at the time he was the highest-paid running back. And then look at also the teams, guys, that need running backs who are towards the end of the first round who would even think about it. I don't think you have a team – I mean, I'm looking at the teams right now. Would the Bills give up a first-round pick? I think the Bills would give a second-round pick. In fact, if I'm Buffalo and I can restructure his contract and go to McCaffrey and say, listen, you got a big deal. It's not worth it for us to to acquire you. Let's do a team-friendly deal that gives maybe incentives on the back end. And if you hit certain incentives of the year, basically healthy, 
then more money kicks in down the road. If I'm the Buffalo Bills, I absolutely would trade a second-round pick and imagine that offense that was already top 10 last year. But I don't think there's a team out there that's going to give a first and second-round pick to Christian McCaffrey. I think Bills are your best bet. You get them out of the NFC. But outside of that, Buffalo giving up a second-round pick and doing a new contract with them, I don't see it happening. I don't think Buffalo needs them. Well, I mean, I, but boy, imagine that super offense if they did. Yeah, but I mean, if you're Buffalo, what, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're Buffalo, why am I giving them that when I can use a second round pick on the on the defensive side of the ball where where that's where I'm lacking? Uh, you know, I mean, you don't need their running backs are good. Um, yeah, they're decent. You know, yeah, I mean, so you don't need a running back there. So I don't see that as a viable option for them. I mean, running backs in the league, they're so interchangeable. I mean, look what's happening in Dallas with Zeke. You know, highest paid running back in the league. And then a year later, here comes a guy who's, you know, better yards per carry. Better, I mean, it's just it's one yeah. of those things where, um, you know, running backs are have become this transitory position where guys don't get 25 carries a game. You don't need that workhorse running back anymore. You need a guy who can do 50 different things. Now, Christian McCaffrey is that guy. But I see Christian McCaffrey at this stage of his career and on, and I get he's not very very old but christian mccaffrey needs to develop more into uh you know kind of the third down slot receiver i mean he's not a running back you want to give the ball 25 times he's not durable he's gonna get hurt you know turn him into a slot receiver that can come out of the backfield and do those kind of things do do what debo samuel is in san francisco with it yeah the the 49ers by the way zach cap numbers are 14 million and 17 million the next two years I just don't know where they're going to find a home for him. I think we lost Zach again. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get what Carolina's trying to do. It's the only valuable piece they have on their team, and they're trying there to build. So they're yeah. trying to, to deal him. But I just don't know if there's a market out there. I think, I think, I think it's, you took the words out of my mouth. If I'm the Bills, I go after Zeke. I don't think I have to give up enough. Uh, or as much as I would for Christian McCaffrey. And I think Zeke, uh, you know, it, it, he belongs in their offense more than Christian McCaffrey does. You know, Buffalo still likes to run a little bit of that hard-nosed downhill offense, that tough offense, especially late in the year, November, December, when it's cold in Buffalo. Christian McCaffrey wants nothing to do with that. Christian McCaffrey needs to be in almost a uh, L.A. Rams or someone like that, but the Rams don't need him either with Cam Akers and, and what they have at tailback. If I'm Buffalo and I need a running back, I go after Zeke rather than Christian McCaffrey. And the thing about Carolina, guys, and look at this, and I and I know a lot of people, and I was debating this with a guy who uh, does sports radio in Charlotte, and we are kind of discussing this a little bit through text. Matt rules on his last year. So he has to do things with that team to win. Uh, reports today that they're willing to possibly, you know, swallow Sam Darnold. It looks like he might not play there. But what they need to do is if Matt, Matt Rule's not thinking about the development of this team. Matt Rule's thinking, how do I put a winner on the field this year to save my ass? We got the sixth pick of the draft. They need a quarterback. He's not there. I could totally see Carolina going out in the market, kind of like what Washington has done, where Washington's calling all the all the teams out there and saying who's available, what quarterback can I get? I see the same thing with Carolina. If if they are going to improve, and I don't necessarily know if they have to make the playoffs, but they have to show improvement. Can Matt Rule guys afford of sticking with? Because it, it can't be Cam Newton, because the offense is Cam Newton. 
He's not the playmaker. He's not the passer. He's not the runner. And he seems to think he is, if you saw him play last year. He still thinks he's Cam Newton of five years ago. He's not. He's, they got to move on from he's that. Terrible. He's he terrible. He is. He absolutely is. So if you're the Carolina Panthers, you're already talking about trading Kristen McCaffrey, and I don't, I don't have an issue with that. But don't you have to first priority find out who's going to be your quarterback and swing a deal and get a quarterback? See, to me, if you find a timetable of when Garoppolo's coming back, and if he if he's coming back week four, week five, heck, if it's week one, that's the deal I'm making if I'm Carolina. I'm getting a winning quarterback. Yeah, I, I think the perfect scenario here, and I'm just spitballing, but if I, I know I missed the little segment about the Browns quarterback. If no, I'm, we didn't. We did We just did Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but, but if I'm the Browns, I would go after Kirk Cousins. He's a Cleveland guy. He's getting towards the end of his career. He knows Kevin Stefanski's offense. He did well with Kevin in Minnesota. Go get Kirk Cousins and then turn around. And you're right, a team like Carolina, maybe even a team like Washington, one of these teams are going to overpay for a quarterback or or over tra- overvalue. Trade Baker Mayfield to, to Carolina, to Washington, to one of those teams that desperately need a quarterback. And you might be able to get a little bit decent, decent something in return, but I almost think – uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to be a better suited for that Cleveland Browns offense than Baker has been. Well, and, and two, if you think Sam Darnold got a two, four, and six, I bet you Baker could get a first from Washington. And Kirk Cousins has already told the Vikings, I'm not going to take a discount. And if I'm the Vikings with cap problem and I'm starting with the new head coach and a horrible defense, I'd probably try to find a, a place for Kirk Cousins and swallow the 10 million. And then maybe, um, You know, I wasn't a fan of Willis from Liberty. I saw him play a couple times, and I didn't see an NFL quarterback. But maybe Minnesota gets a veteran, and then and I don't think Pickett's the guy either. Maybe Minnesota with one, if they get two first-round picks, maybe they draft a quarterback and go veteran knowing they're going to suck anyway and just go kind of rebuild, kind of not. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of with you, Zach. I think if the Browns do decide to trade Baker, and I don't think they will, I think there'll be a pretty decent market when you consider the Steelers, the Broncos, the Panthers. There are some death, desperate teams out there. Den- Denver's desperate. You can't tell me the Steelers aren't desperate. Carolina's desperate. And when you're desperate, you'll overpay for players. Well, well, especially yeah, but here's with, the thing. Especially with the draft class this year, quarterback draft class, there is no superstar in this class. So you do find some teams. Granted, I wouldn't trade them to Pittsburgh, but you look across. You just mentioned Denver. You mentioned Carolina. You, you mentioned many other teams, Washington. There are teams out there that desperately want a veteran quarterback that can come into play. Even I meant like, Kenny Pickett, by the way. I meant Kenny Pickett, not Ryan. Oh, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. even look look at the Saints. The Saints might over. Who knows what's going to happen with Jameis? You know, who, who knows what's going to happen with the other guys they have down there? They might desperately want a quarterback, too, especially if you're looking at the NFC South. You might be able to play. Tampa Bay's without Tom isn't going to be as good. Atlanta Falcons are going to be terrible. Carolina's going to be down. If you're the Saints, maybe you go out and make a move. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, and I don't think the Browns are trading Baker Mayfield simply because, you know, we talk about this all the time. Um, yeah, that quarterback sucks. They need to get rid of him. But then what? Then what are you going to do? Case Keenum? That's that's going to be your guy? I mean, you, you don't have a better option. And I mean, unless you can somehow, and now Seattle's saying, like, that Russell Wilson is going to stay. But, I mean, you before you move a guy who, yeah, he's not the answer, but he's not terrible and other teams are going to want him, don't leave yourself in a worse scenario than that team you're trading your quarterback well, who you think is bad too. Fingus, so, I mean, that's you, what – that. 
that's why I think they should go out and get Kirk Cousins. Go out and get Kirk Cousins, trade for him. Once you get him, once you secure that, then get moving on Baker Mayfield and, and get some give some draft compensation for this year's draft. Get get some other guys that are going to help out your team this year. But no, I wouldn't make the trade now. I would go out, try and get Kirk Cousins, the Cleveland guy. Get you know get him on a deal that's going to wrap up his career there. He's going to do great in that offense with a with Nick Chubb as as running back that offensive line. You'll be great there. You'll get. A He's never had an offensive line, and they've always been crap. Yeah, and you'll get a good first yeah. round wide receiver. But, but why would why would why would Minnesota trade trade Kirk Cousins? Because they, they don't have now the, they're in the same they, position. Well, they, they don't because, have the money. Because Matt, they don't have the money. They're over the cap right now, and he's told them he's not going to give them a discount. So, if Kirk Cousins says, "Hey, mm-hmm. I want forty million guaranteed," Minnesota's just not in the position to pay him forty million a year. They're just they have to make a decision right now whether they re-up them and get a little cap relief, but they're kicking the can down the road and then they're going to deal with problems. The Browns actually have the money where they could do it. By the way, update on Jimmy Garoppolo. They say that he will be back at some point in training camp. Um, We're discounting Jimmy Garoppolo and the Buccaneers too, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a natural transition for him to go to, kind of following in that uh, Tom Brady line of, of players. But uh, but just going back to Minnesota real quick, so you you have to do something. If you just trade him, if you get rid of him, you've got draft picks, but now you've got a wasted season. You've got yeah. a totally wasted season. In a division that we just talked about isn't that great. So, I mean, you know, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, NFC North is up for grabs. Yeah. I mean, so you, you, you can't just kind of throw away the season. because that's. I mean, let's be honest. If Minnesota says, great, can't pay Kirk Cousins, we're going to trade him. Their their season's over. They're not going to be good. Yeah. They're going to they're, yeah. they're they're going to be a below five hundred team. No chance of making the playoffs. If you try to restructure with them or do something different, or even if you just pay him and, and make cut somewhere else and try to make a little bit of a run or try to stick around and and see what can happen, you know, I think that's your better option. Again, if I'm a GM, I'm always thinking of if I do this, because GM's jobs are not five-year increments they're year yeah. by year by year and you got to think of it that way like if i make this move is ownership behind me making this move are they going to be patient with me making this move because we're going to suck for two or three years you know minnesota might just from the standpoint of you know the ownership just hired a gm and a new coach and you go go years back guys where Tavares jackson they went to the playoffs with Tavares jackson they went to the playoffs with gus farad uh teddy bridgewater took them to the playoffs. They've had a long history of really having mediocre quarterbacks and then building a strong defense. Remember with the with the uh, John Randles and the Al Nogas and the Chris Dolmans, where they have a strong front four and Joey Browner back there, where they have a strong defense and a good running back. And they would just kind of rely on a uh, Chris Carter and a, Ran- you know, heck, they went 15 and one with Randall Cunningham coming back. They, they made the playoffs with a, you know, Jeff George off the scrap heap. So this isn't a team that's notoriously been good at the quarterback position. They've always done it on the cheap. That's kind of what they do, and that's why they kind of suck. Yeah, but they've been able to do that as well. you got to think the game, how much the game has changed for them since all that happened. Yeah. How much How much the game is different? How much where they play is different? I mean, they don't play in, you know, outdoors anymore. Or, I mean, you know, or even in the, the dome where it was super, super loud and I mean, and the atmosphere was was crazy. I mean, I remember playing in, in, up up at the dome, and we played Minnesota there. The and the Gophers were awful. 
but it was so loud up there. I mean, it was a different, different atmosphere, different time. I don't think that, I mean, the days of building a team on a running game and, and defense, it takes a, I mean, you've got to go all in on the defensive side to do that. I mean, look what the Rams did. You've got to go all in and doing that to make it work. Because, I mean, if you have a chink in the armor here or there, defensively, you can't make it in this league anymore because people are going to line up in four or five wide and throw the ball all over you and, and you know, get more possessions and do those kind of things. So, again, it's, it's a dangerous game for them to play, and I get that, that they're in a bad spot with Cousins. They should have never – I mean – they should have never gave him that contract in the first place. Let's be honest. He had, yeah, he had the, no the, business getting that contract. Yeah, the problem was is Case Keenan wanted big money too. Remember the deal Case Keenan signed yeah. with the Broncos? So they were kind of, do we try to improve at the position or do we pay big money to Case Keenan, who we know is not the guy? So they were kind of in a situation with the draft too where um, I believe I'm right on this. They didn't have a first-round pick because they traded it for Sam Bradford, if you remember. So I think they entered that season with no first-round picks, so they couldn't draft a – you know what I mean? So they're kind of in a tight position anyway, and you kind of roll the dice and do it. Yeah, I mean, teams in that spot are always in that dicey position with that. You're a a mid-level team, and you got a mid-level quarterback. And you you can't – you don't want to get rid of him because your option is worse. I mean, when you're a team like the Bengals or the Browns and you're just drafting number one guys and hoping someone will come there and hoping it will work out and it's different – the Vikings have been in a position, and there's a lot of teams like this, where they don't necessarily need to spend that first-round draft pick on a quarterback. Their guy is good enough where they need to spend that first-rounder or somewhere else and get a franchise guy, you know, and not get a franchise quarterback. So it's been tough for them to deal with that. I think they're going to have to – they're at a point now where I think they've got to pick one way or another. Yeah, because you're just kicking the can down the road. Uh, real quick, Bengals note, Jesse Bates becomes a franchise tag. It's going to be $13 million for a safety – Here's a guy who, um, previous three years, he was great in the regular season, not so good in the regular season, but boy, was he great in the playoffs. So you're going to tag a guy. I I mean, I think that's the right move from the standpoint of you can't give him big money because you don't know what guy's going to show up. Is it the guy that's going to show up his first three years? Then the money might be worth it. Or is it the guy that's going to show up in the regular season? Then it won't be worth it. But he had a hell of a run in the playoffs. So you take the guy, it's $13 million. There's still about $35 million under the cap. You cut Trey Williams, who's probably the worst free agent in franchise history, and that's saying a lot. That'll give you extra money. Um, the Bengals are really in a situation, Guy, where they can get Armstead from the Saints. They can move Joel Williams to the right side. I mean, the Saints do have a few free or the, excuse me, the Bengals do have a few free agents to sign. What do you guys think of the Jesse Bates move? $13 million for a safety. Yeah, but I, I think he played well last year, especially down the stretch. He, you know, he played really strong two, three years ago, had a down year last year, but or, or two years ago. But last year, the way he played, he led that defense. You know, he in my mind, he made Eli Apple the player that he was down the stretch with the, the way he was able to play over the top of Eli and give him that reassurance. I think it I think it's a great place to, you know, put the franchise tag on him. Granted, you know, the Bengals are so uh, they're so close. Who who would have thought right now we would have been saying that last, you know, at this point last year, like, man, the Bengals are so close to winning the Super Bowl, but they are. They just need to be very strategic about where they're allocating their money, who they're drafting. They have to obviously get help for uh, uh, Joe Burrow. But if they're allocating that money there to the offensive line and maybe getting Joe a couple more weapons, 
you know, franchising t- tagging Jesse Bates may be the best decision they've ever made. Yeah, I think that, that when you look at how the defense is structured and the defense really ran well, not because of the corners, and it's a unique style that they play a little bit with a lot more safety involvement. So, I mean, Bates and Von Bell really had a huge part to play in, in the in that defense, and they continue to. So that to them and the style of defense that they play, you know, with the coverages that they do and the different packages that they do and walking guys down on the line of scrimmage is, is probably – more important to them than getting a top flight cover corner or something like that. And you still got enough money to go out. I mean, just if you pick up one of the, I think was it Tampa Bay has three free agent offensive linemen from probably the best offensive line in the league last year. Yeah. The best center probably in free agency in Jetson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can get one of those guys, I mean, if you can get one of the tackles maybe and then draft, you know, an, an O lineman, either first round or second round, maybe get some D line help on the inside. I mean, again, you're a team that went to the Super Bowl and was, you know, a couple plays away. You're not that far off. You're young. You've got a lot of your biggest stars that are secured for a long time. I don't mind, you know, spending $13 million on a safety, especially when, I, like I said, it's a safety-driven uh, defense of how they run it. Yeah, they're going to have to get a corner somewhere. If they bring Eli Apple back, that's fine. They're just going to, you know, the guys they have now are twos and threes. They never really had a one last year, and I think Eli Apple played – you know, yeah, but they don't of, press man. They don't, you yeah. know, they don't put guys yeah. on island. They don't press man coverage. They don't, you know, they don't need a, a shutdown corner with the style that they play. So they get guys that can play within the system at corner and not get beat over the top for big plays. You're going to be in it. Yeah, they'll they'll have to pick someone up. Um, and two, don't discount this with the offensive line. You're right. They could get Jensen. They could get Armstead. And another guy they could bring back. And there's been talk for years, guys. Riley Reef is not a right tackle. He tried no. in Detroit. He tried it last year. He's not, but for a, for a few years, uh, people have mentioned Riley Reef playing guard. He's never did it, done it before. But you know, he's an older veteran. He's not going to cost you much. He was ouchy last year. What if you bring him back and and give him four million, five million, and see if he can play guard? Can he be possibly worse than they had last year? A guy who's been there, a respected veteran, really didn't get to prove what he was worth. You know, I wouldn't yeah, have I mean, I, that. No, but you yeah, want to you know something move him down inside for the right amount of money. Yeah. yeah, but but I also don't think guards one of those one of those places where you give someone four or five million. You're like, man, but they let, need let, everybody. Zach, they got let, Jackson, Carmen. They are horrible. But still, guard. when when you look at the draft, it's much easier to draft a guard who's going to play well than a tackle. Did they do that last year in the second round? With, yeah, Jackson Carmen, but he's really yeah. a tackle, and they're trying to put him at guard. That's the thing. He played tackle. Yeah, he's a left tackle. Yeah. And then they wasted the pick, right? Yeah, they wasted yeah. the pick. But still, if you know you're going after guard, it's easier to get a surefire or sh- yeah, surefire guard in the class and draft class than it is a tackle. Well, they need two of them because yeah. their left no. guard's a free agent, and they're going to need a right guard too. So you're going to need a center, right guard, left guard, right tackle. So you got to fill spots <laughs> somehow, right? Yeah. I think you, I think you do one in the draft and probably two free agency, and then try to. Bring one of the guys, whoever you think's the best of those four guys on that line. I think you bring them back, or you just say, "Hey, Jackson, Carmen, uh, the, you're a second round pick. The job is yours, and you have to suffer with a bad right guard, right?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you. I mean, can, and maybe you, he'll get better. I mean, that kid. I've been watching him since he played in high school. The kid has been living off potential still to this day. Um, I mean, he's big. He's athletic. He's lazy as shit. 
and that's what's driven me crazy about him from high school to watching him at Clemson to, to watching him at Cincinnati. If for some reason that you can get him motivated to play, he has the athletic ability to be a all-pro offensive lineman. It's just he, he – I mean, he just doesn't care. It's, it's so frustrating to watch. Yeah. Well, he will care if he's, he knows he's going to be out of a gig, right, I would assume? Maybe. Yeah. Never know. Hey, real quick, <laughs> I, I know we have all strong opinions on this. Uh, Calvin Ridley uh, suspended for a year. You know, we may disagree on this, all, all four of us. You guys may disagree with my opinion. One, I think he should get suspended. It's in the rules. The NFL warned the players, said, we're going to work with our partners. Granted, I know it's hypocritical because teams have deals. I think Broncos have a deal with, like, DraftKings. There's a stadium name. There's training camp rights. Uh, I know the Lions, the Saints, several teams have deals with casinos. I know it's hypocritical that the NFL likes to take gambling money and then make a rule about this. But players were warned. You had Josh Shaw, who bet bet against his team with the Cardinals. He got suspended two years. He got reinstated. He didn't get a sniff back in the league last year. But he sucks. But uh, players were warned, don't bet. The problem that I have with this is the punishment for one year. Leon Little killed someone. Six games. Came back. Got a DWI. No games. because he And admitted he was drinking and then worked his way out of it. Uh, no games. Ray Rice, two games for uppercutting his girlfriend. Uh, Adrian Peterson, six games. Uh, the... What I don't like about the NFL is random selection of penalties, and none of it makes sense. So this is all window dressing, let's be honest. Players, one player is going to have, I mean, unless he's a quarterback, is going to have an extremely hard time affecting the outcome of a football game. Yes. Over time. Now, you want to look at officials and officiating? All day long. I would, I mean, you want to monitor someone's accounts? Start with NFL officials. Now, I get that, you know, they've got the rules in place agreed. Suspending, suspending him for a year is absolute bullshit. I mean, one or two games maybe, especially the way he made a bet. I mean, betting a parlay. A parlay yeah. yeah, it's like walking up to the roulette table and playing one fucking number. I mean, yeah. it's, it's actually walking up to a roulette table and playing one number on the roulette table that's triple the size. I mean, the, the odds are just ridiculous of you hitting those things. And he's not playing. He wasn't even active. He was, you know, wasn't even around for that. So, I mean, I think that you take all of those things into account and you you make a rational decision, which I don't think the NFL did. I agree. He broke the rules. He should have suffered some kind of punishment. This isn't like he put 10 grand, you know, on the on the on the Buccaneers against the Falcons and picked the Buccaneers and, you know, and then dropped seven passes in the game. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just not. So I think you have to look at this realistically because if the NFL didn't have any ties to to gambling, you could probably do whatever you want. But when you when the Superdome is named after Caesars and DraftKings yeah. owns a stadium, when the NFL Network does fantasy football shows, I mean, the world is going to look at you and just say, "Well, I mean, I get he's breaking the rules, but aren't you breaking your own rules a little bit by taking all this money?" from the gambling entities, from the casinos, from, from the online. I mean, you don't think when, you know, when bookmaking becomes illegal in or legal in Ohio that, you know, they're not going to run up to the Bengals and try to make a deal for something. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's just the world they live in. So I agree with you, Tori. He broke the rules. He, he should have a punishment game, but, two games. But you know, what? Fine. Here's, 
here's why you can't do two games, Matt, because from the standpoint, they want to discourage guys because of the integrity of the game, and they don't want it to be like the WWE where you're just kind of guessing of what's going to happen, right? So I do. Agree. I don't think two games, but I think six games. The but worst thing about it, the worst thing that he did was being the first to get caught. Well, the second. Yeah. You're making the example out of him. Yeah. And, and you know, it's do as I do, and do as I say, not as I do with the NFL. Figgis is 100% right with they're being hypocritical, but, but they're, they're making an example out of him. He was stupid to do it, but he definitely doesn't deserve a full season suspension. Yeah, and Matt, you no, know, I mean, I can see four to I can see four to six games. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Saying. But I mean, again, and you're right, George. I mean, you, again, look at Ray Rice. Ray Rice, it wasn't two games two. for a great. Well, Ray Rice was drummed out of the league. Yeah, well, he was blackballed though. But the original suspension yeah. was two games. Yeah, but I mean, he was yeah. he was drummed out of the league. Let's not yes. let's not you know misunderstand what happened there. Yeah, he, yeah. He was the first to get you know put under the microscope for it, and he got booted out of the league for it. Where guys like Joe Mixon, I don't even know if Joe Mixon ever even got any kind of. I don't think he did, he and did. that was on video yeah. too, guys. That was, he was on, on video probation too. in Oklahoma or something. It was yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, Kareem Hunt. I think what did Kareem Hunt get? Four games, and that was on video in the hallway of a hotel. I mean, yeah, so that wasn't that wasn't. I'm not saying what he did was right. I believe that was a shove, right? He shoved her to the ground. I think With he his her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. I got you. I got you. He okay. was drunk, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, fell into his foot on accident. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's the Seinfeld spit theory, Matt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's you know, this is again. Do you, do you need to, to to have a deterrent? Do you need to, to do a full season, or can you just? It could say, be more you know, than a full it's, season. Yeah, it's, it's in, true. I mean, but I mean, can you just say you know it's four to six games here? We're going to go to the NFLPA and arbitrate, and probably knock it down to four. But we're we're taking this seriously. I mean, if Roger, this is what annoys me about just all facets of leadership. Just say what's actually happening instead of trying to whitewash everything over. If Roger Goodell came out and said, "You know what? We we we've been focused on this. We caught him. We looked at the situation in depth. We see what he's doing. We also acknowledge that we're very heavily involved in gambling and taking gambling money. We're going to make this, you know, six game suspension. That's what it is. But the next guy." The next guy's getting a full season. Mark my words. The next guy's getting a full season because we do have to protect the integrity of the game. We do have to make people feel like that things are, are on the up and up. And we're also going to investigate every single official that we have because I'm pretty sure they're fixing games. I, I would love agree the with official you. idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would agree with you. In fact, I would look at all bank accounts of officials and and make that force them to make it open. But Matt, is it? And, and you know this better than anyone because you were involved in it, in it. I can't believe how weak this players' union is. I just can't. I have a hard time believing how weak the NFL Players Union is. DeMaurice Smith is the worst. I mean, ever since Upshaw left, DeMaurice Smith, is, is he's an attorney. All he wants to do is build a war chest and argue over, over, over the split. I mean, that's all he cares about is arguing over the split, getting players, you know, trying to get players more money from the owners. The owners are never going to give that up. You're fighting a war that can't be won. But he's an attorney, and he sees billable hours, and that's all he cares about. He's not a guy who really cares about the same things that the players care about. And that's why it's been such a shit show there for so long. I mean, there is no way that the NFL of all leagues should have a worse pension plan, a worse post-career health care plan than every other major sport. 
every other major sport. The revenue is out of this world tremendous. I mean, and, and the benefits are the worst in every major sport. Demar Smith is horrible, but for some reason he keeps getting elected. I don't know. I mean, I was hoping Troy Vincent would, would take over because I think Troy actually has the, you know, being a former player, going through it, knowing what it's like. But, you know, I mean, obviously he's over at the NFL now, so not sure. Not sure, sure what's going to happen with that, but I mean, it's been a long time that that uh, that D has made this uh, made this players' union bad, and they, he's not going to stop. I mean, all he wants to do is fight about things in court. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just you're you're spot on. I mean, it's spot on. I mean, their union is absolutely the worst. Uh, hey, Matt, what do you get? How many years did you play, and what benefits do you see as a veteran, NFL veteran? Oh, so I, mean, I, I played four. So I mean, I'll get a pension when I'm fifty-five. Okay. Um, and I'm a year into the annuity program, so that'll help out too. I mean, so I'll get money. I mean, you know, yeah. it's not about that, but I mean. No, I'm know, just curious again, of what, what you know, because it's so bad. You're right. Because it, 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 you know, look at what the, what some, with the CTE lawsuit, you know, players had to sue to get money from their injuries. People had to sue. Yeah. That's the only, the reason why the NFL gave the money because it became a federal case. They made a movie about it, it you know, et cetera. Well, I mean, the bad thing is about the NFL, and this is purely my opinion, is the way they deal with money, whether it's salaries, whether it's injury settlements or, or whatever it is, they want to limit their liability and cap a number and be done with it as soon as possible. So that's why you see guys mismanage their money and go bankrupt constantly because they don't, you get paid millions of dollars over 17 weeks. And you're giving this to guys who've never probably had more than $1,000 in their bank account and telling them to go manage their money and budget their money well when they don't have anyone in their families who's really had that kind of money or don't have any experience in doing it, anything like that. You get an injury settlement, instead of just saying, you know, hey, we're going to take care of you for the next few years, you know, put you back on league insurance, make sure we get all your injuries taken care of and, and be done. And then, yeah, we can come to a settlement, whether it's giving you a lump sum or paying you out in an, an annuity over time. They don't do that. I mean, like I've gotten injury settlements. They cut you a check and say, good luck. See you later. Find a yeah. doctor. Figure it out on your own. Yeah, sometimes they don't cut. Yeah. So, sometimes they don't. I know a player, they don't cut you a check right away, Matt. They wait until the last possible moment until the oh, they union. absolutely. Yeah. You've got to arbitrate. I mean, yeah. when I went through it with Jacksonville, they tried to go back and say my shoulder injury was, was still due to my sophomore year in high school. And I'm like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? I've passed 18,000 physicals since then. I mean, and you got to hire an attorney and then the, the attorney takes part of your injury settlement. And, I mean, it's it's a but they've got the, the they've got the, the the lawyers to do it, which is sad. But again, if if your union is better, then you put those things in place. That's that's your attorney. That's your war chest. That's supposed to be the union. The NFL has theirs, but the players don't have theirs. I mean, they can get a, a, an attorney to arbitrate for them and to try to appeal a suspension or a fine. But for the things that really matter, no one's willing to make those fights. No one's willing to take that fight to the league of saying, hey, let's start paying guys or, or let's at least give the guys the option. Do you want your paycheck over 17 weeks or do you want to spread them out over a year and just make sure you've got money in your account? I remember my rookie year there was a guy in we came back to March workouts and was broke. I mean, like, how do you spend all that money? <laughs> we just got our last paycheck in January. In March, you have zero dollars. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> but again, like, you know, pay that out over a year. And if guys get cut, 
then you, if they want to take a lump sum, they can. If they want to continue to, to take whatever you owe them, if they've made it to 10 games and get the accredited season, it's just, again, the union, in my opinion, fights for everything that, that really is unnecessary. I mean, d- does it matter if, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers' you know, sock fine gets reduced from $20,000 to $10,000? No, it doesn't mean shit. Does it matter if, if you can try to teach guys over time to be more responsible with their money by making them budget out and see what life is going to be like for them after they're done? Absolutely. But they don't care about that. But, man, and also, you know, what they'll do is is what the NFL will do is they'll bring in a veteran during draft weekend and have them talk to people at 8 in the morning, and that's your talk. They'll bring in an NFL player, not maybe when you played, but I know the last couple of years. No, they did. I mean, they had oh, the they did? symposium okay. when I was around. I'm yeah, but, but, but how much are you paying attention and how much are you remembering? Right. You're not. I mean, and, and yeah, you bring a guy in and he talks and I mean, does it resonate with guys? No. But I mean, what what will resonate with guys is instead of them, instead of giving that guy a check for fifty thousand dollars every week, give him a check for eight thousand dollars every week or seven or five thousand dollars every week, which is still plenty to live on. Yeah. And, you know, you can budget and, and make things work for yourself and put money away in savings and all those good things. And I mean, and, and just try to help guys more than just giving them a weekend, you know, at a at a symposium, and you give them two hours during that weekend to try to teach them how to budget millions of dollars. It's yeah. ludicrous. All right, so next week we'll probably have all the tags ready, some moves in the NFL, uh, more on the Aaron Rodgers. We'll probably have a better structure. Maybe you see what the Browns are going to do with Jarvis Landry. Uh, so there'll be a lot of things next week. We'll do it then. Thanks, guys. Since 1897, Myers Auto has been serving Central Ohio's transportation needs. When we first opened our doors, we sold horses. Our vehicles were fueled by oats and hay, required saddles, not seatbelts, and had shoes instead of tires. You could say we've been in the transportation business since tailgates at actual tails, all the way from horses to horsepower. Today we have 14 brands, 8 convenient locations, and over 3,000 vehicles in stock. So when you're in the market for your next vehicle, remember, buy your auto from Buyer's Auto. Get two bucks in a nut on the new QFM96 app, QFM96.com, the QFM96 Facebook page, and iTunes.